What's up, Jenny? Not much, man. I've been traveling a lot, which is good and fun, but there's a lot of driving. So I haven't really been able to watch a lot of stuff. I'm assuming you've got you've got some good shows in your docket. That wasn't a phrase people use, but you know what I mean? What have you been watching lately? Some bad, some good. I was inspired to watch Midnight Mass. That's sort of like horror miniseries on Netflix because I saw a bunch of people commenting that it was getting snubbed by the Emmys or got snubbed Mm. because it wasn't nominated for anything. And I was like, oh, this like great show that I missed. Like I'll have to watch it. And it was like pretty blah. It was, it was <laughs> not like so a much a snub. No, I mean, well, to be fair, the acting was really good. Most mm. of the actors, like really incredible. And the writing was good, but the writers really went for it with the monologues. Like almost every character had a lengthy monologue, like every character at mm. some point in the series. And that got a little bit tiring. Definitely found myself tuning out. But at the end of the day, I just don't really care about I don't know the like horror movies that are like based on heaven and hell and all those sort of like faith-based things. You hated seven philosophy <laughs> seven, the movie yeah. with Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. It's not about the seven mm, deadly I sins. Really like that. Okay. To well, be honest, just saying but you're painting with a wide brush there. <laughs> no, I am thinking more like the supernatural ones. Oh, okay. Or, like, you know, so like you see like a demon or an angel and it's like, or like an exorcism or whatever it is. Like, I just, I feel like you had to have grown up with a fear of that stuff. To <laughs> fear of God. Well, no, fear of the of, devil. Like, I don't know. If you go to the Catholic church, isn't it like mostly fear-based? Like, you know what I'm talking about? I don't you know, remember. I mean, of hell. you're supposed to be scared of Satan or whatever. For sure. I don't mean to sound so glib about it, but anyways, I did not grow up with that. So I just don't really care. I thought it was well-made. I just, you know, sort of, sort of boring for me, but then Mike Flanagan also made the haunting of Hill house and the haunting of blind manor. Actually that's out of order. Midnight mass is his most recent one, but I went back and watched the haunting of Hill house because I felt like he like sort of knew what he was doing. And I heard good things about that one. And that was excellent. A little nice. bit scarier than I expected. I definitely had a moment of like, why am I watching this? This is so scary, but I, yeah. I do. I like scary. I do like it. I shan't just, be watching. <laughs> nah, that's fair. It's not, not for everybody, but also everybody watched Tony of Hill House in like 2018 when it came out. And I'm just really late to that party. Hmm. That's cool. Um, yeah. Like I said, not going to be watching any scary things anytime soon. I've been having nightmares, so I don't know what that's about. Maybe stress-based but yeah, I have a much less exciting roster of shows that I've been watching mostly, as I said, only murders, because I agreed to that with you. <laughs> because I'm forcing you to. Because you're forcing oh, me to talk about it. better though. It's, you have to admit, it's better. Yeah, it's better. Let's start talking about episodes five and six of Only Murders in the Building. I, you're saying it's getting better. I did not like episode five, but I did like episode six. Should we do a recap now? Yeah, let's do a quick recap. All right. So spoilers ahead. If you haven't watched, skip away. Come back later. You know the drill by now. In episode five of Only Murders in the Building, we begin with Oliver's son, Will, narrating a story of his father's past when Oliver would host parties in the 70s and play a game called Son of Sam. He is supposedly excellent at detecting if someone is lying. We cut to Charles meeting with Jan in prison, where she tells him that whoever murdered Bunny would be staying close to the case. Then we cut to Alice, who asks Mabel if she can host a party at her apartment, and Mabel finds a matchbook with a red stain. 
At the party, Oliver recreates his old Son of Sam game and he questions Alice to expose her lies. She admits that she lied about her past. Later, Oliver goes to the diner and gets the CCTV footage of when Bunny met with the stranger. The episode ends with Will telling his dad, Oliver, that 50% of his genes are Greek, the implication being that his dad is actually Teddy Demas. In episode 6, we open to see Charles at the prison again and Oliver getting a DNA test. Cut to the set of the Brazos reboot where they get a text from, supposedly, Detective Williams about running tests on the matchbook. Detective Kreps warns both Cindy Canning and our trio to stop making podcasts about the investigation. Kreps also tells them that Detective Williams is on maternity leave in Colorado, so she can't meet up with them. They know they haven't been texting with her after all. They set a trap for the unknown texter involving a glitter bomb, but they miss the suspect at the trap. Mabel later sees someone in all black with glitter all over them on the train. We close with Charles and Oliver watching a video of Mabel stabbing a man on a train. Yeah, so I thought episode five and six were both a lot better than, well, to just continue the trend, better than episodes one and two. I sort of just hate that those even existed. Although the more I think about it, there's probably a lot of clues in those episodes that I haven't thought about in a while that I should go back and think about. Mm -hmm. But in general, I think the season has been on this upward slope, this incline, increasing goodness. (laughs) I've been liking every episode more and more. Nice. I mean, yeah, that's good. I, for, I think the reason that episode five, I was just a little bit like, uh, like it's fine. It's not, not as good. And then episode six, I liked better, but I think the reason that I felt so meh about episode five is that there were a lot of things that started to be re- like that. I noticed that were not being touched on like in episode five, I was like, well, it's been a really long time since we've heard about the rival podcast, which then obviously was focused on in the next episode. So obviously someone is trying to you know, make sure those lines are followed. But I was a little bit like, it's been like four episodes since we've seen Cindy Canning. Like, I don't know what's going on with that. They seem to sort of drop storylines every once in a while. It and is less organized. Yeah. Yeah. And it was at first I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be cool. It's going to be like every episode sort of gets one person as the focal point, like Bunny, starting with Bunny in episode two, and then like going from there. But then, so episode five, I was like, oh, it's going to be, all about Martin Short. Why can't I ever remember his name? Oliver. Oliver, Oliver thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In all of my notes, it's just Martin. I know, <laughs> so. I was with Selena. I'm trying to force myself not to. But so I was like, oh, it's going to be about him and his family. And then it just like straight up wasn't. Like there were parts that were about him, but I was like, oh, never mind. It set up my expectation and then didn't follow through in a way that is just picky on my part. It's not. No, I had that same thought specifically about I sort of felt like there was a point to it because, you know, we find out that he's not Oliver's potentially you're right that it wasn't actually uh, yeah, potentially it wasn't actually about him in the way that you might, it might have suggested by having it be narrated by him in the first like minute of the show. And they did the same thing with Poppy. So I did that because I thought it was pretty weird because they did the same thing with Poppy in episode six. Mm-hmm. It was like not from her perspective. It sort of had more. It would have been cool if it was though. In it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just think they like didn't commit to it as hard as they did in the past. Yeah. Like, even the episode name. We got a whole episode of Theo last season. Right. Yeah. Um, Teddy's kid. Yeah. And it wasn't like that this season. It hasn't been like that. Yeah. No, well, but Bunny, we got Bunny's last day. But yeah, these two episodes were weird in that regard. Because, yeah, yeah, even just like the titles of the episodes kind of indicated like the tell that was Oliver's thing, performance review, that was Poppy's thing. So like that threw me off a little bit. 
Also, the whole setup for the episode, the tell, was that Oliver's so good at figuring out who's lying. Where was that all of season one? <laughs> I know. That's the sort of thing that always bothers me. I'm like, okay, let's introduce this like backstory really, or skill. element of a character's personality that's supposed to convince us of something to make the puzzle pieces fit together that like isn't a thing. I will say that they did it in a pretty funny, cute mm-hmm. way that didn't bother me too much because no. there wasn't anything that was blatantly against that in past episodes. Like it's never been like, oh, Oliver's like so gullible. True. So I wasn't like, I wasn't mad that they were trying to like introduce this element of his personality that maybe we just hadn't seen before, hadn't thought about before, but that was true. It was obviously very heavy handed. But I was, it was more so like Oliver suspects everyone all the time. <laughs> is he actually good at telling who's lying or does he just suspect everyone's lying? And sometimes he's right. I uh, was very upset. To, okay. Two things. Son of Sam game. When the, this is another spoiler. I know we already gave a spoiler alert, but when um, late, the like shot of Alice's bag after everything goes down and she and Mabel make up of the son of Sam card in her bag. Like who did she steal the other blonde card from? Like, where did that come from? It was obviously oh, supposed to indicate that she like was the son of Sam a party guest. Oh, that I don't know. I mean, the lights went else's. off every, like every round, right. She just like, grabs somebody's from a table. Like, what would you do if you got out at the gate? Like I just put my card somewhere. Like why hold true. on to it? If you're at, if you're at the pretzel table, true, true, the pretzel true. couch. I'm yeah. obviously it was like, you're supposed to think she's like, deceptive she's up to something yeah which i'm bummed about not not because of the way that the uh show did it i think i have to take alice even though she was my number one suspect i think the show is doing a good job of showing her as sort of like a shady character that could be up to stuff but the stuff that she's up to is just being like the kind of person who cheats at all the games she ever plays you know i think there is more to it but i think she's the teddy of this season like they yeah. went so hard on the Teddy train last season as the killer. And then it turned Teddy out he train. had, you know, he was grave robbing. Yes. So I yeah. think she's doing something deceptive. I think she's, I think she's behind maybe the art forgery or theft mm. or both something, but I don't think she's the killer, but I think we're slowly going to find out that she's, there's something more deceptive than just For sure. at the party. And then the weird shit from episode six the like mabel walks into the gallery and it's her apartment and there's like tim kono and zoe so messed up and that whole thing i I feel like that's gonna be a big red herring ultimately it's gonna just be that like this chick is crazy like cara delavine's character is just like unhinged and it's like trying to be viral probably on the internet or something i don't know i saw someone in a recap say the the killer can't be alice she's just not that good of an artist (laughs) She's just a little crazy and not that good of an artist. And the person who is the killer is like really good at setting up all of these things. Um, and I was like, yeah, I could see that. She's definitely yeah. involved with the painting though, somehow. And I don't know if there's going to be more mm. to it. And like you were saying earlier and, and why I said this, uh, this season's been more disorganized is it feels okay. Like we got a bunch of stuff about the painting. They haven't really talked about that. They didn't know that at all in these two episodes. Also Amy Schumer's see. gone. Yeah. But honestly for the best but we see the in the art studio set up to look like mabel's apartment we see the mural Mm. we see a recreation of the mural that mabel had painted of the arconia that's sort of like you know everybody looking out the windows 
Yeah. Which tells us that either Alice or someone she knows, but probably her is a talented art forger. And we did find out that the Rose Cooper painting, the Savage painting was a forgery. So it True. has to connect. Yeah, just that's good. Know, like exactly what the why or where. Yeah. Yeah. But it definitely does. But I don't I'm like I'm pretty confident she's not the killer. It was so obviously a misdirect. Even in the like Jan says, oh, who's somebody that came into your life? Yeah. Recently? And the immediate as, scene after is Alice. I was like, it's not Alice. As soon as that happened, I was like, darn it. My like my, my one I was going to that was going to be my ride or die uh, person I pointed the finger at. But now it's too. Yeah, it's just not. Would have been fun. It's just not Alice. I sort of feel like I might have been right in my very first theory ever. See, episode what was six. your first theory? Remind me. I may feel like it might be Cinda. It probably still isn't. I think episode six would have been too obvious if it were. I think uh, not that it was super obvious, but I think it's another misdirect, but it definitely pointed more to her than it originally seemed like that theory didn't seem to have legs at first, but I don't know the whole um, poppy being like there's bodies everywhere. It's no, unless unless taken literally. And I know it's a misdirect. I don't know. I guess I just like that. They're like sort of pointing the finger that way. Cause I think that's a, I think it's a misdirect that they, sh- that makes sense given that she was standing outside the Arconia. Like, I'm glad they're sort of explaining that or going to explain that. One thing about, I do, I do kind of think they're setting that, they're they're really setting it up to be someone who knows them and, or knows the Arconia. Like I would be really surprised if Cinda was acting alone, if it did happen to be her, because yeah, the whole tunnel thing, all the timelines. A Reddit theory that Jan and Cinda are are working together. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, anything for together. the story. I'm pretty sure the reasoning was that Jen and Cindy are both names in the Brady Bunch. So I was like, <laughs> oh, solid theory. <laughs> I love theories yeah, like that. I'm thinking it's definitely oh. not her, but I like that we're getting more on her being shady because I feel like the yeah. first season was just sort of like, oh, here's this probably She's gross, a bad boss. Like true crime. Yeah. yeah, whatever. But I like that she there might be more to it than that. Speaking of Jan, I absolutely hated <laughs> the scenes in episode five where Charles started going back to the prison. They made me very uncomfy. Uh, and I was a little like, I thought this was a comedy. I don't like any of this. This is weird. I don't like it. I don't understand the motivations behind Charles at all uh, in coming back here. And then like in episode six, where he was like, I'm just bad at breaking up with people. I'm a little like, that's not it. You <laughs> You kept going back. I think it's I not, know. but I think that's the point. I think he's trying to tell himself that it's that. But sure. Like he's lonely and he's probably a little messed up too. I mean, I think that's part of it. I mean, yeah, it makes me uncomfortable too. I'm not trying to defend it. I'm just happy we get more Jan. She's such a good actress. And it is sort of funny. I mean, we got that awesome Saz scene where she breaks up on behalf of Charles. oh yeah that was perfect that was i like so that funny. scene that was in episode six not in episode five and i liked yeah. it <laughs> um yeah, it was just episode, episode five. five i just i don't know uh, yeah i at first was a little bit like they could get rid of this they could stop them talking i'm not like i don't really understand it but i think it'll all connect i think somehow jan oh. will know more than she's saying like mm. there's gonna be a reason that she's there i think that isn't just what we've gotten so far she yeah, like, right now she's very like Hannibal Lecter-y. I mean, we also found out she's a literal serial killer. Yeah. In one of the episodes where she she's like mentions it was like her fourth killing or implies that or something. So that's that's a little wild. I do think she'll be connected somehow, but I don't have any good theories as to how. Speaking of things being connected, 
you when you mentioned I had a couple episodes ago when we were talking about Mabel smashing the sculpture or whatever and that coming back to bite her in the butt, like the whole setup of Mabel is dangerous seems to be leading toward that moment. Like I think oh, I think yeah. you were correct. Uh, um the Jimmy with the knife and the finger being sliced off or whatever it was. Exactly. Like, like all of that stuff. It's definitely the video of her smashing stuff is going to come back. And the video of her supposedly like stabbing the guy in the black hoodie on the train. Yeah. yeah. The glitter, I mean, I glitter think bomb she dude. goes to prison. I think that's where this is going next. I think that's the next episode. She goes hmm. to prison and then they, they're going to have to figure out and how to get she her She and Jan talk. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Although I, no, I think you'd have to be, you'd have to be convicted, I think, to end up where Jan is. Yes. I don't think true. it's going to be that. I think she's going to be, I think she's going to be arrested. I think she'll be in prison. I think we'll see them defend. I think she'll have some excuse for, I mean, it's not really clear that she's even stabbing the guy. I think she might be grabbing the knitting needle away from him. I don't know. I watched it a couple of times. It wasn't very <laughs> obvious that she was Slow stabbing mo. Got it. No, I mean, I didn't. It's not like I like zoomed in or anything, but I did watch it twice. And I think there's going to be something more to that than just self-defense. I think it'll be I'm sure. either I mean, self-defense or it's that it was her grabbing it away or something. I don't know. But she's obviously not going to be convicted. It would be very surprising to me if Mabel turned out to be a killer this whole time. It doesn't oh, I, yeah, seem. I don't think that's where they're going. It doesn't seem like that's where they're going. I think that would uh, be very against the tone of the show. <laughs> See, you say that, but I feel like there are a ton of things that are that I think of as against the tone of the show that just have been appearing. I don't think him. I don't think Charles going to see Jan is against the tone of the show. I think that fits. I think it's this sort of like these characters are weirdos. I don't know. It was it's obviously heavy, especially when Mabel says like, you know, that's the person that killed my right. Friend. It keeps like seesawing back and forth between like. And, and not in a way that I am yeah. used to of like, this is very, this is like slapstick comedy. And like, I, like, I don't know. I feel like I, um, when I compared it to clue, obviously people get murdered kind of brutally in clue the movie, but the whole time it's more of a, like everything's heightened. There's not really like a psychological aspect too much to that. And so the fact that there's the brutal killings and then like the comedy to it sort of makes sense right. uh, and in this one there seemed to be like and now we're psychoanalyzing charles and sometimes mabel and like mabel's going through a real tough time right now so it's just it's not that i uh not that i hate it but i'm just like not used to this tone and i don't quite know yeah. whether or not i like it yet i think there are quite a few moments in the show and i think that was one of them where i feel like it was a little bit odd you know they're talking in the car Mabel and Charles and Oliver are talking in the car and they're talking about like why he's still talking to Jan. And mm. it's very obviously like just giving them something to do that distracts them from the fact that the person is <laughs> dropping the thing in the trash can. Yeah. And that is one of, I feel like many moments in the show where I'm like, well, I could see why they did that because they had to force this other thing to feel natural. It was a very classic, like yeah. misdirect. We see yeah. the ha thing that's happening in the background. Just some some tonal things that I'm a little like, eh. uh, and other things that I'm a little like eh, about that are more plot based. In the very first episode, when they indicated to the detective that is now on maternity leave, that we find out in episode six, they've been texting possibly the killer, but definitely not the detective. And they were like, you texted us to get out of the building. 
why didn't that bump? Like, why didn't she bump on that? Why wasn't she like, no, who are you? Who texted you? Like, yeah, why wasn't that brought you? up in the investigation at all? Um, that moment is so weird to me every time I watch it. Yeah, that's stuff. I mean, it's just an unanswered question that, but I feel like it won't really explain why. Yeah, nobody had more of a reaction to that. Yeah, I hope there's some sort of explanation because right now I'm a little like, wait, what what happened to this? Yeah, I agree. I didn't really think anything of it then other than to think, I don't think she did because she seemed pretty honest when she's right. like, no, no, I didn't text you. And they're like, and I was right. like, no, I don't think it was her because she doesn't really seem like she wants to help them. That's the whole joke, I think. And I like that. Yeah. I think it's funny that she's like, sort of like, oh, these freaking idiots. Like she's not there to help them. She's like reluctantly going along with them because they sort of, I guess, like did what the police could in in the first season. This is a half There's Also, there's that, sorry to cut you off real quick, okay. that detective, Detective oh, Reps. Yes. I think is his name. There's something very wrong with that character. And I don't know if it's actually <laughs> nefarious or, or just, if he's just a dude. <laughs> Well, no, uh, yeah, he's just a dude that I like. Don't particularly like that actor, but the first season didn't Detective Williams, their like friend detective, say something about like the phone was supposed to be entered into evidence, but it never was. Oh, there was like a couple of things that were handled wrong hmm. by the police, and I think the implication was like someone on the police force was tampering up to no good. Interesting. And if it's this guy, I also thought it was really weird. Something was weird about again. It, it's sort of a was it forced just for the script or was something weird there scene where Lucy runs into the police officer and is like, are you an actor? Are you a real cop? And the guy's like, I'm a real cop. And then well, apparently the only reason he came down to the set in person of Uncle Brazos was to say, Kreps wants to see you. Like, that's a phone call. So <laughs> I thought that was really weird. I didn't yeah. know if that was just for that. I mean, maybe they joke, brought him it in. Just, like in the cop car, you know, I don't know. Maybe hey. I feel like, yeah, I guess I didn't think about that. I don't know. I thought it was weird. And then they get to the apartment and he's just saying the detective has brought them there to like, tell them not to pod- stop <laughs> podcasting. Um, and like, why were they meeting in Bunny's apartment? The whole thing was weird. Yeah. Why would you meet at the crime scene? Meet literally anywhere else, the police station. Truly. Somebody yeah. else's apartment, a third party neutral i'm sure there are meeting rooms in the arconia like i'm absolutely passionate it it, i don't know something about that was weird agreed the other thing the half-baked theory that i had was that possibly the person that they had been texting although i don't know if i fully even agree with my own half-baked theory at this point but that it could have been uh cinda texting them because she wanted the evidence to like use for her own podcast um but yeah, that and wouldn't then the really. And then the hoodie could be one of the lackeys. She's got like a bunch of them. We've seen them. She's got a bunch of them. Not Poppy, but the other ones. But yeah, but I don't know if I fully. That was just like the first thought that floated um, of who else it could be. It wouldn't totally explain her telling them to get out of the get out of the Arconia on the night of the murder. But other stuff. And oh, Maybe. that sorry. The, the way that she texted, you mentioned that the other detective was always like so reluctant to help them. And one of the texts that they got that certainly was not from the detective was like, I don't believe, like, I think you're too stupid to have committed this murder. Sort of like, just like putting them down in a way that they thought of as the detective. But I'm a little like, who else would just keep putting them down like that? Okay, Cinda, maybe. Maybe. I don't hate it. 
I don't know. She right, put it on the book. Out if she wanted pictures of them, like there's paparazzi out there. So she was like forcing them to like run out, like, so they would look flustered. I don't know. <laughs> Potentially. Who do you think the matchbook belongs to? And will it be important? I don't know. It's such a small uh, piece of evidence that we're really following closely now. So I think it is a little relevant. Like, yeah, it would be weird if it weren't. I guess, okay, I'm all over the place. If it is Cinda that's asking them for the evidence, she's probably just kind of like scraping for anything that it possibly could help her create a good podcast. So wanting the matchbook doesn't seem that out of the blue. If it's not Cinda and it is the killer, them wanting the matchbook seems to indicate that it is important. It's sort of like a lot of decision trees, like depending on who the person is that's texting them and finds the matchbook important determines whether or not the matchbook is actually important, which is not a good answer. Who it does. Bunny have been meeting with that could that also potentially be, I mean, the person who grabbed, who was texting them and then grabbed the matchbook had to know about it, which means they were most likely the person who Bunny met with. Sure. So they have to connect. So it does imply either the art thief or the killer, I think. Yeah, I would agree. So maybe it's Alice. Because I still think, I don't know. I think she's the one who is responsible for this sort of art situation. I think that's going to be the person that met with Bunny. I think ultimately it's just a big misdirect. I think it's all Alice right now. I think the person in black... I don't think it's Alice. Alice. The timeline doesn't work for her being glitter bombed. M Mabel going to see her and catching her creating Mabel's apartment and then getting on the subway and then seeing the glitter bombed person. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but right. it could be people. Not it could be not just one person. Like I would believe it's a couple people working in tandem. Yeah, maybe it's her mom, Bunny's mom. We haven't seen her in a while. Good old Shirley McLean. <laughs> She's short. Yeah. Maybe it's the three short people be. in a suit. <laughs> My favorite trope. Can you imagine if that was the answer? <laughs> three tiny children in a cloak. The cat is tall. Alice. She's yeah, but you're she's right. tall. Timeline, it doesn't make sense. That's a bummer because I feel like that would have that was a good she, theory. She could have been one of the tall people in cloaks. There could be several. This could be a pretty little liar situation where there are many A's. Yes, there are many. Really <laughs> For the show's sake, for its quality. Um, not be. Yeah. Um, I mean, it would be it would make sense if a couple of people were working together, I think. Yeah. That's, I just that's my know. running theory. Ooh. But I think it's more likely, I think it's very likely, this doesn't negate what you said, but it's very likely that there will be two sort of, two things going on the same way that it was last season where Teddy was doing something bad, but he wasn't the murderer. Mm -hmm. I think we're definitely getting that se this season. And I do pretty strongly feel like that's Alice. I just don't know to what extent she's wrapped up in like the matchbook or the uh, mm. texting and all that stuff. But I do, and to go back to Shirley MacLaine for a second, mm. I think it is possible that she is the artist. I was thinking that too. Because they say her death was unsolved. Like, what if she faked her death, disappeared, whatever, to make the art more valuable? Um, 
I had that thought for a split second. And then I think what made me think like, no, no, that can't be true is that in my head, if you're the artist of a painting, it's easy for you to tell what's like a forgery versus the real thing. But she had to like look on the back to see whether it was a forgery. But that's very, it's like a really, I have no idea. So you're right. Like, I don't know. Especially she painted it that many years ago. And no, I don't know. Fair enough. I'm an artist though. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think I've said all of the things that I thought or felt about these two episodes. Uh, I I still stand by for 35 minutes. It feels like I'm watching an hour long episode every time. I'm Um, literally the opposite experience. I'm like, it's over already. I need more. Yeah, with these last two episodes, because I feel like I'm finally into them and I'm finally like excited to figure it out and find out what's going on. Got it. Maybe I I hope that starts to happen. But like after the fifth episode was over, I was like, oh, that was only one. (laughs) I thought that was that was fifth and sixth. But I'll get there. I'll get there. I don't like this show. No, okay. (laughs) No, I like parts better. I mean, I'm invested by force a little, but (laughs) shall we do our superlative awards? Yeah, I like this idea. This little new. We're gonna focus on some of our. I don't know. Funny moments, Most. sad moments, whatever. Let's yeah. do let's do best acting, episode five. Best bit of acting. Um, what would you say? Wait, let me remind myself where the separation of five and yeah, five was like the son of Sam Game. I'll start. Young okay. Oliver Putnam. I, know, mm-hmm. I don't know. That guy was that it was so good. He was like being Oliver, being that playing Oliver so well. I gotta, yeah, that, you're right. That was pretty good. I also know that he wasn't doing that much, but Oliver's son, he was like not that much in the show, but I was like, oh, I believed, I believed he was sad about giving this possible news and his, it was like voiceover. I don't know. I don't have a good answer for that one. I think your answer is correct. It was yes. Best idea. A little, a little cameo. Excellent mm-hmm. work. Yes. In right, episode six, wait, best acting. Six. Got an answer. Um, do, 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 do. okay, you give your answer first. Maybe I'll agree or disagree. <laughs> or be neutral. I just think every time, every time, Jan, she's just so good. I love, I think she's so good. How does she play? She plays a serial killer who's like actually in love with Charles, but actually tried to kill him one time. Just, <laughs> and it all just seems so believable. And he's like, Well, you tried to kill me. She's like, Oh, we're still on that. Like, she, but she's so good every time she's on the screen. She is good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think she would have been my go-to. I think I would have given it up for some of Cinda Canning's crew. I like really believed their whole podcast dynamic. I mean, I also always like, I love Tina Fey as sort of a sadistic boss, especially after 30 Rock. That's true. She I just, always yeah. Good. I know she hasn't done much lately. No, she hasn't. All right. Funniest line. Oh man, I that was gonna be uh, hard if you didn't write anything down. Yeah, give me a think. You say yours. <laughs> okay. I'm going for not just funniest line, but also like best delivery of it here with this one. Uh when Charles is at the party and he uses <laughs> some bad at parties, and then he says, he says to two people who are approaching him, I'm nervous to talk to people because I can come off creepy. <laughs> yeah, I did laugh out loud at that. <laughs> that was perfect comedy. I'm Googling currently uh, good quotes from only murders in the building to see, <laughs> to see if I agree with any of them. 
Oh, in the best line. Sorry, this I did not. This is a list of Oliver's best lines, and I'm realizing it's from season one, not season two. But that made me remember the line that Tina Fey delivers. This is my best line over the two episodes. I think it's episode six, where she's like, "Don't be too good at a job you don't want." And I was like, "Cutting. That's brutal." Relative. Very true. It's not funny, <laughs> but uh, it stuck with me. Yeah, everybody could relate to that one. That's a good one. All right, I've got another niche one. Yeah, best set piece. <laughs> set piece with a okay. It's next a, time, just know, send me your list because I'll, I'll send it to you next time. There's a painting, and I, I was honestly so confused about this. There's a or a print, whatever you want to call it, hanging in Charles's apartment. That oh, we the seen one potato ones in the or something? <laughs> hot vegetables or something? Yeah, what does it say? Like hot vegetables, nice hot vegetables. Nice hot And vegetables. I was so distracted by it. I kept looking at it. Like, what is that supposed to mean? That's been in there at least for this season, I've noticed. Oh, I um, just haven't noticed it before. But not as prominently on display as this episode. I will be uh, honest. I feel like it was the star of that scene. Yeah, true. It was just like very front and center. It was best cameo. I feel like episode six has two really good ones. Well, I don't know if Jane Lynch counts anymore. I think we can. Yeah, she's kind of just a supporting actress. Yeah. But the makeup artist on the set, I only know her as the mom from Great News. I think she's probably in a bunch of other stuff. But I as... A person who loved great news. Thank you, Jenny, for the suggestion. Absolutely. She's so good in that show. And she's just so good and energetic and funny. And her facial acting is so good. I was like, oh, I hope she's in more of this. I also very much want her and Charles to date now. She's yeah, yeah such like a going. bubbly. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they'd use her. I think she's like a famous actress. Like, I don't think they would have her in just for that tiny scene. Just for, I think that's where it's going. And I'm I hope so. I love her. Yeah. I don't have a best cameo. I agree with you. I I have my, my only superlative is scene that made me cringe the most, which I've already told you is Jan and Charles talking in uh, episode five. I don't know what it was about it. I just, it was in that episode. I, to be fair, also wrote cringe moment. Mm, (laughs) Why is Charles still talking to Jan? Yeah. Yes. It was cringy in episode five, but I was like over it by episode six. And it was partially because of her acting, I think. And partially because they were just like fleshing that out more. And I think they're going somewhere with it. So we'll see. I think I... If we have no more superlatives, I've said almost all of my thoughts about this episode, except that I wanted to mention that I did catch the Easter egg, which I don't know if we can call them an Easter egg. I guess, Wait, what is an Easter egg? Um, episode the episode six. Oh, because I caught the episode five one. Ah, uh, it was just at the moon in the little intro, like exploded into glitter, like the glitter bomb. Oh, fun. Yeah. What was yours? What was episode that. five? It's funny because there are always ones that you can only figure out later after so i've yeah. been sort of watching just to like see if i can see anything that looks sort of odd so in episode yeah. five it was a lava lamp oliver was in his window with a little um, lava lamp cute. and i was like does he normally have a lava lamp and then the episode was like 70s themed and i was like oh the lava lamp uh it was funny carter um was also looking for a thing and he was like i think i caught last um last episode's easter egg um bunny walks with like her parrot and I was like, that happens truly every time. <laughs> That's in every opening scene. I like the attempt though. 
Yeah. He was like, yeah, it was weird. And she was just like walking her parrot along the street. Just, at the end. just the parrot that is like a main plot of <laughs> this mm-hmm. season. But by the way, where is parrot? Isn't he living with Oliver? Anyway, I digress. Yeah, fair. All right. Now I've said all I have to say. Right. Um, and I am looking forward to next week's episode. I can't believe there are only four left. I need yeah, more. I know wild. you're not of that opinion, but I'm, I mean, hopefully they wrap it well in four episodes, but I could do another like six, I think. Yeah. I'm listen, I don't think I'm not like it needs fewer episodes. Not that much. <laughs> they just of a need grump, to be but... shorter. They seem too long. No, I think they would seem less long. This is now me pretending that I know anything about like writing a script or editing together a show. I, in my opinion, it would seem less like they were shoving all of these things into a half hour episode, which makes it feel to me longer. If the like structure were slightly more, if the, if the threads were slightly more um, organized in how they were shown, like if every episode was a contained, like, okay, Oliver episode or whatever it is, the theme that they choose and how they choose to tell the story, because it does, it's sort of like, I lost in, in episode five, I just lost track of a lot of what we were supposed to be watching and paying attention to and all of the different storylines that were happening. It's just like a a personal preference, I think. Yeah. Like it should be longer. I think it feels like they're trying to cram too much in. Yeah. Either take a few of the storylines out and focus on like one thing at a time per half hour episode or make the episodes, you know, 40 minutes, that kind of thing. And anyway, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens next. I hope we get more intrigue and like closer to figuring out who the killer is in the next episode. Thanks everyone for listening. Don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss an episode of Double Take. And make sure to check out our weekly newsletter as well, where each week we review three to four TV shows and tell you when your favorite TV shows are coming back. You can read it and subscribe at dbltake.substack.com. Thanks for joining us. See you next week. Bye.